Hey guys, welcome back to Belle's View, and I'm Belle. Today we'll be discussing the Gossip Girl reboot. So let's get into this shit, shall we? Starting off, Julian Calloway, our it girl, most popular girl at Constance Billard, and she has her own following. So she's an influencer, especially on Instagram. I find this interesting because in the original, Serena was our it girl. She would send in tips every now and then, fake drop her top to get paparazzi attention. But with Julian's position, I take it more seriously because there are a lot of responsibilities that come with maintaining and growing your social media following and being able to capitalize on that in order to forward your career interests or business endeavors. And you can see that 16, 17-year-old Julian takes that very, very seriously. And I respect that. I respect that. Now, with the help of her friends slash advisors, Monet and Luna, they help her. They're, they're like her image consultants to make sure she's always trendy. She's maintaining that social status and that she's always in control. And some people compare Luna and Monet to Penelope and them and the OG who were minions, but nah, this is different. These girls, they're her strategic advisors. It's weird because it's like she's the face, but they are the power behind the face. And I respect that. They are unapologetic about their mean girlness. I love a bougie mean girl, okay? Unashamed, completely. Don't don't care. They're just like, look, it is what it is. And I'm fine with that. Moving along, Audrey. Audrey is also part of the friend group, right? People keep comparing her to Blair. But it's not the fucking same. And here's why. We knew all the reasons why Blair was the way she was. And she was funny doing it, knowing she was terrible, right? It's not the same with this girl. We know this girl is going through a lot at home between her parents' divorce, her mother's depression, alcoholism, and pill addiction, right? But we don't know if all of that is responsible for how bitchy she is. Yeah, she reads books on the steps and whatever, but she can go to hell. She cheated on her boyfriend multiple times, okay? Tried to hide it and be like, OMG, but I'm a good person, yada, yada, yada. The minute that there's conflict within the friend group or whatever, and your boyfriend is trying to be neutral and see both sides, you just immediately want him to take your side like what why can't he see both sides it's like you just want your boyfriend Aki to only see your side and agree with you and I feel like the only thing that agrees with you all the time is somebody who is either a doormat or a fucking robot it's very their relationship is very one-sided so I really don't give a fuck about her she can go to hell for all I care Moving along, Aki. 
seems like a nice guy as of now doesn't really have a personality he's just Audrey's girlfriend apparently him and Obi are best friends we've seen them interact a few times but we don't see the you know oh that's why they're best friends we don't see that I think we'll see that over time you know he seems like he's struggling with his sexuality like maybe he's not sure whether he's straight or bi or pan like he's not sure but he's slightly exploring it um based on the relationship dynamic with max who i will get into shortly what do i want for aki i want us to see his personality i can't say i dislike him i can't say i love him i want him and audrey to break up in fact i don't mind if he breaks up with audrey and I want him to explore his sexuality and figure out what makes him comfortable because it's very obvious that he's not comfortable. He seems, even though he comes off chill in a sense, in his demeanor, it always seems like he's uptight. I want him to be honest with himself. So yeah, Max Wolf. Max Wolf, he resembles an OG character the most out of everybody in this cast. He reminds me of Chuck Bass, which I love. I love um, how comedic he is. I love his attitude. I love how unapologetic he is, especially when it comes to just, you know, look, it is what it is. You know, I'm going to do this. I love his style. In this third episode, we get to see more of his personality and He's not just like this guy who likes to party and have sex. Like, he values family life. And you see how important that is to him. Which is showing his layers, you know? Here's the thing. He has propositioned his teacher multiple times. Has went as far as to stalk him at, like, some steam house. To try to proposition him again during school hours. During that scene, it reminded me of something Samantha Jones would do in Sex in the City, right? Samantha loved having sex, you know? She loved to explore her within her sex life. Sometimes she had conquests, and sometimes it happened organically, you know? However, she was a grown-ass woman. Max is 18. There is no reason he should be behaving like a grown-ass person trying to get somebody in bed, using the excuse of he's of age, and then that dumbass teacher kind of agreeing, sure, after you graduate. That's already predatory. That's you admitting that you find him sexually attractive. You, a teacher, admitting that you find your student sexually attractive. So I don't like that. I want them to continue to explore his personality and I don't want it to be that 90% of his personality is him partying, having sex, propositioning people he shouldn't proposition, and drugs. Moving along. Obi. Obi, a.k.a. Otto Bergman IV. He is known as the Prince of New York. 
which I find odd because what about him says Prince he is no heartthrob he is basic he is Julian's initial boyfriend but quickly becomes ex-boyfriend and is dating Zoya Lott who I will go into after this he feels guilty about his privilege and the wealth that he comes from and claims he's about volunteerism and community activism and kind of does it but then kind of really doesn't um he seems very self-serving he seems very self-serving and you know what he sounds like dan sometimes but he's kind of a combo of dan and nate dan in the sense of like he doesn't feel like he can completely to relate he doesn't feel like he can completely relate but then also to the kids at his school. But here's the thing. This dude is Dan without being a stalker and rich and Nate without being a fucking heartthrob. There's nothing interesting about him. You know what? I get why he's ashamed. You know why? Because his name is Otto Bergman IV, which means he is the billionaire heir to a long-standing wealthy family that comes from generations of wealth likely accumulated from colonialism. Like, think about it. He's a fucking fourth. There's no way that he doesn't. He is the epitome of old money. Like, my great-great-great-grandfather helped build Columbia University shit. Like, that's him. So I would be kind of ashamed, too, if I were him. But he also ain't shit. Moving along. Zoya Lott. She's a new girl on the block. Transfers from Buffalo because Constance has one of the best art programs in the country. Focused on just keeping her head above water. And we find out very quickly in the series premiere that... Her and it girl Julian are half-sisters who, unbeknownst to their fathers who hate each other, have been in contact for a few years and have arranged for her to transfer to this school so they can be together and further build their bond. The shit goes left, though. The shit goes left when it seems that Zoya is getting more attention and that Julian is losing her credibility amongst her following and a good chunk of her following comes from Constance. So there's this constant clash for power, and this plays a big role in how Julian struggles with quote-unquote towing the line of being a good person, but also doing some underhanded shit in order to maintain the status and influence she's built over the years. So it doesn't go as planned, and as a result, Zoya suffers at the hands of being bullied by Julian her friend group, and kids at school and Gossip Girl, which is fucked up. Moving along, the teachers. The teachers are Gossip Girl. They don't have control of their students. One of their colleagues was fired because they wouldn't change a grade for one of the students. And the students seem to have more power because of their privilege and wealth and knowing their parents will do anything for them. And since the parents donate to the school, Of course, they're going to have way more influence than the teachers. I don't understand how one could rationalize psychologically torturing teenagers 
and following them and taking pictures of them in windows, taking their tops off and then posting it on social media in order to gain control back of the classroom. There wasn't any other way. You couldn't talk to Headmistress Burden. It's weird that the teachers are Gossip Girl, and it does feel disjointed. Like, the show is like like a teen drama, but every time we come to the teachers, it feels like a fucking corny-ass sitcom. And that's another thing. Some people think they may have the teachers as Gossip Girl because they thought the people who watched the original when it was airing would relate. Maybe some do, but I'm telling you right now, as a millennial, no, I don't relate to the teachers, okay? These teachers look like they're between 30 and 38. I'm closer to their age compared to the teenagers. However, no way in my right mind would I rationalize psychologically torturing and following minors in order to make my job easier. I'm either going to try to find another way or fucking quit my job and get another job. It's not like that's the only position they could get in New York City. It's New York City. There's so many damn schools you could teach at. Hell, you could be a remote instructor. Like, get the fuck out of my face. Part of me wonders if it's also a joke to kind of feed into that whole dumbass generational war between millennials and Zoomers. And it definitely does. Because society thinks millennials are just like these entitled individuals who feel jaded by society and feel jaded by their predecessors for being promised things that didn't necessarily happen and how macroeconomic factors have played a role as to when they hit certain milestones throughout their life, you know, within finances, within relationships, and within their careers, okay? Now, some people may feel that way, but that's not all of us, and that does not mean we're all gonna lash out and project onto the younger generation. Like, come on, they are a bad representation. And this is why there should also be subcategories in each generation. Not saying that there's a specific sector of millennials who would definitely do this, but there should be subcategories. For example, I am a millennial who is a few years removed from being a Zoomer. I was 13 when the original series aired. However, I am not old enough to be like, fighting with zoomers on tiktok about middle parts versus side parts or skinny jeans versus whatever like i'm not going to do that but i think they're playing into it or whatever so okay the ring leader of the fucking bitch ass teachers kate motherfucking keller when i tell you i couldn't stand this bitch from the minute i saw her she comes off all nice with her cute little voice and her cute little teacher outfits and her cute little petite self. The bitch ain't fooling nobody. She's evil. She's dangerous. The minute we see her ass staring out the window on the train coming in um, on her way to work, I knew the bitch was hiding something. That bitch has an ulterior motive. She's become the ringleader of Gossip Girl. She's the one who is in charge of the Gossip Girl account, right? 
like you were talking shit about your students on social media. That's affecting people's lives. You fucking posted how Julian arranged for Zoya to get to this school, which could have got her kicked out. And then had the nerve to act like the nice teacher that Zoya could confide, could confide in and play nice with her father. Like, oh, Zoya's one of my favorite students. As you are at the same time posting shit about her, that can ruin her life and cause her to get kicked out of the school that she does deserve to attend. She's going to hell. I wouldn't be surprised if she's killed someone and is hiding it. The bitch is crazy and she looks weird. She looks like a psycho. And you know how she even looks more of a psycho? In one of the most recent episodes, she's literally standing in a convenience store at night across the street from her teenage students taking pictures of them to post to social media. She is fucking crazy. And you know what? I don't put it past her if over time they introduce new characters that go toe-to-toe with the main group and one of them is kind of feeling over the edge and she posts something that leads to a minor to inflict self-harm on themselves. I wouldn't be surprised. I can't put it past her because the bitch is capable of it. I can't trust her. Uh Uh-uh, she's crazy. She has dark motives. Now, moving along. The strengths of this show. I will say you could see the bigger budget all the way around. Within the first two minutes, you see the rich, rich. Julian's bomb-ass closet puts Blair's and Serena's to shame. Her closet is so beautiful. It reminds me of the closet in Devil Wears Prada. Enviable. The beautiful view of New York City. Monet has like at least five butlers who are just standing there waiting for her to give them orders as she drinks lemon water. Like, really? Okay, I'm here for it. Because there were a few things that didn't make sense to me about the original. Chuck and Nate had their bachelor pad, but like Chuck being a billionaire and all, I feel like his place should be way bigger. And it didn't look big to me. And his bedroom didn't look big either. And I'm like, but he's a billionaire. I feel like this penthouse suite would be more decked out because it's Chuck Bass. So I love that. I do like the style. It is more modern. And I love that, like, with all the, I love with all the characters that they play, they play with their personalities and the fact they're at prep school. Like, Zoya is, like, casual, comfort prep. I love the way that Julian's not afraid to take risk and mixes it up all the time wearing like varsity jackets with part of her uniform I think that's really cool you definitely have to have a bold personality for that Audrey is a classy prep like the she's the classic preppy girl Monet's preppy too 
And I absolutely love the heels that she wears. She wears like three to four inch heels. I love that. And Luna does too. Luna is so gorgeous too. And it's funny because she looks soft-spoken and kind of comes off soft-spoken. But then when you get to know her, it's like this bitch bites hard. And uh, you get a little intimidated because Luna's tall as fuck. Luna looked like she damn near six feet. Luna actually looks like a model. Moving along, I said it before, I love that Julian's friends are not minions. They are image consultants and strategic advisors. So I take them more seriously because they seem formidable. And it makes me take her more seriously. Because she has a good team around her. And I don't know about y'all. Even though Blair ruled Constance, it seemed like she had to put in more. Like she, It seemed like she had to do a lot of grunt work. Because those minions only did but so much. It was like robots. Unless you told them what to do, they weren't going to really do shit. This team seems more efficient, which I appreciate. I like that they did pay some homage to the OG series, especially playing Frank Ocean, Super Rich Kids. People keep comparing Kate's scene on the train and Serena's scene coming from boarding school back to New York. Don't be disrespectful. It's it's not the same. We're looking at a beautiful, mysterious it girl returning to her stomping grounds. And in this, we're looking at a weirdo, psycho bitch of a teacher on her way to work. It's not the same. So stop playing with me. Okay. Diversity and inclusion. I do like that it's more diverse. I do like that. It is more modern. Like, not only people of different races and ethnicities, but, like, Max is pan. We know Obi isn't straight. And in real life, Zion Moreno, who plays Luna La, she's trans. So I like that. Another strength, Zoya. Zoya is so fucking precious to me. She is a baby. She's a baby. She's so cute. And she means well. And I want her to have friends. In the original, it was very hard for me to believe two, three years watching two to four well three to four years watching Jenny in high school and you're telling me the only freshman friend she had was Eric that none of the other bitches would fuck with her really hard for me to believe and it's the same thing here Zoya is a freshman she should have freshman friends when you are a freshman in high school at a certain point it gets easier to make friends because The rest of the school is looking at you like you're such a fetus, like, it's embarrassing. So what do you do but make friends with the other quote-unquote fetuses? Okay, I want her storyline not to be completely centered around Obi and her proximity to the friend group. I want to see her making friends. And making friends within her grade. Because Zoya and them, no, because Julian and them 
are juniors, and she's a freshman. She reminds me of Zoe Kravitz. Sometimes when she makes certain facial expressions and smiles, it reminds me of Zoe Kravitz. I love her casual and comfort look and vibe. She's so precious, and I want her to stay innocent. I don't want her to be tainted by this world. I just want her to stay so precious. Weaknesses. The teachers. I want them to show a slow-mo of the teachers being dragged out of the school by the cops. And Monet smiling, knowing that they're going to prison. And that their lives are over. And that she helped ruin their lives because they fucked with hers and her friends. That's what I want. That's what I want. Talking about they need to hire an intelligence. The school hired an intelligence agency to find Gossip Girl. What's next? Like, we're going to get through a few seasons and it's going to be like the fucking FBI is trying to find out who Gossip I kid you not. I swear to God. If the fucking, like, Homeland Security becomes involved trying to find Gossip Girl, it's gonna make no fucking sense. I'm gonna be like, are you serious? You really don't need a fucking intelligence agency to find... It's not that serious. It's one thing if they were hacking into, like, the school administrative system, changing people's grades and stuff. But it's not even that serious. More on the storylines. Julian and Zoya. I want them to bond. I'm tired of the whole what's going to happen next is there being a sibling rivalry taking place with them. I don't like that. I do want to see them connect. I want to see them do their thing. I want to see Julian be influential. And I want to see Zoya just navigating ninth grade in a new environment at a new school. Making new friends. Also, what slightly reminds me of Gossip Girl, the original. Over time, Lily and Rufus became a major storyline because of their past romance and how they were able to revive their romance, right? In this one, not exactly the same, but Julian and Zoya's fathers hate each other. Hate each other so much that they knew their dead wife had another child, but hated each other so much that they didn't even want their daughters to meet each other because they hated each other so much. We hear time and time again, there are women that find out they're pregnant by the same man at the same time and decide, okay, let's put our shit aside because we want our children to know each other and have a good relationship with their siblings and make it happen. Now, these motherfuckers are petty. I hate your ass. I hate his ass. I don't even want you to meet your, your, your sister because I hate his. I don't even want to deal with that motherfucker. That's some petty ass shit. And there's something there. And I would like to know over time what that is. I'm not saying I want it to be like a major plot line the way Lily and Rufus were, but 
I do want to know more about what happened with that. Why did Julian's mother leave her and her father? How did she meet Zoya's father? Was she married to him before she passed? How did she pass? Why do they hate each other? Maybe we'll learn that toward the end of season one, beginning of season two. Other things. I feel that part of Julian's following is shallow as a motherfucker. Because I get Obi being a billionaire heir. However, it should not be that she lost followers when they broke up. We've only known Julian for three episodes, but she seems way more interesting than her relationship with Obi. And for her following to temporarily disown her because he moved on with somebody else, it really shows how trash they are. Like, y'all was really following her because she was with Obi? He's the most basic-ass dude I've ever seen in my entire life. He looks like he could have been in Lord of the Rings. Like, deadass. Deadass. Come on now. Obi. Self-serving trash. He's acting like he's for the community, and sh- but I don't really think he is. He's just self-serving and self-pitying and self-righteous. He thinks he's be- he's above it all because he talks about this shit and he gives donuts to protesters. Yeah, it's nice to give protesters food because they've been standing there a long time and may not have food or water with them. But I don't know how that makes you above everybody else you fuck with. Like, it don't change the fact that this is your friend group. Also, what makes him self-serving is that right after you break up with your girlfriend, you date her sister. You date her sister. Her sister has been grounded because she lied about where she was going and her father found out shit through social media and you still trying to push her to go on a date knowing her ass is grounded. That's not a positive influence. You would respect that. She's grounded and wait. You meet her father, have dinner with him, and during the dinner, okay, so can I take her out on a date now? Be patient. Are you serious? She was grounded, and then, even though she shouldn't have just, like, agreed with you when she was grounded, you're still trying to egg her on to disobey her father, knowing the position that she's in, that she could have been, um, that she could have been expelled from this school, knowing that this is a big deal. But you know what? The thing is, he's so self-serving, he doesn't get it because he's never had to experience it. If this was him... He would be fine. His family would donate a whole, like, donate a wing of the school or some shit. Like, come on now. He's trash. Yeah, you broke up with Julian, but then you immediately, you're telling me there's no other girl at Constance that you find attractive and who values community activism and volunteerism like you? Very, very disrespectful. So I'm looking forward to when we see him fail hard and have all of the evidence that we've been thinking how ain't shit his bitch ass is. And some people blame Zoya as well, but I don't. Zoya 
is a baby. She is Bambi. She is a fawn, okay? She is so precious but naive. Again, she's 14. She's coming from Buffalo. And now she's going to a school with the heirs of multi-million dollar billionaire families, okay? Two different environments. You know, they used to make fun of Dan and Ginny and Vanessa living in Brooklyn. But Zoya is coming from upstate New York. There is a big-ass difference between upstate New York and the Upper East Side. So I'm giving her slack. Also, I'm kind of biased because she's so precious. Oh, even in the latest episode, Obi was like, you mind if I... And she was like, do the right thing? Never. I feel like that is going to be an iconic line because she's so kind-hearted. Like, she's so precious. I want her to stay precious, at least for this season. People keep wanting this thruple with Audrey and Max and Aki because Audrey and Aki both want Max. It seems like they're going to show them having a threesome, but I don't think anything is going to come out of it. I want them to break off into two individual couples or hookups. Is there a possibility that Obi and Max could develop a relationship? Yes. Do I see that with him and Audrey? No. I see hookups. I see plotting. But not a relationship. So there's that. More Monet and Luna. Understanding the motives behind the actions. I definitely want to see that within the next three episodes. Because as of now, we know they're rich, they're beautiful, they're ruthless, they're strategic. But we don't know what their end goals are. And we don't know how they got to this point. So I want that for them. I want that for them. Also, I would like to see a little bit more of Julian and her father's relationship. He's a Grammy-winning producer and musician, but we learned that he had an alcohol problem before, but we don't know how long he, he had it. He's been sober. Apparently, when Nick, Zoya's father, found this out, he was like, you, you're sober now? It's like, all right, that motherfucker was an alcoholic way back when. I wonder how long he was an alcoholic. So then it makes you think, damn, Julie, did Julian raise herself? I think Julian may have raised herself. And it seems like she, it, as of now, it seems like she forgives him for his moments of depression or whatever. It's obvious Davis Calloway has gone through some sort of depression or brokenness. I would like to see their relationship because they don't have a typical father-daughter dynamic. Side notes, in the most recent episode, Beck from You was in it, and people was like, funny, fucking Dan Humphrey was following her ass in You, but in this, (laughs) Julian was following her ass as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I also saw Beck in the commercial for this new show coming out on NBC called What If? And she plays the wife of the main character. I'm like, okay, get them checks. Get them checks. Also, there was this crazy play scene that makes no sense. 
the play scene in there made no fucking sense. It made absolutely no fucking sense. It was crazy and hard to watch. It was uncomfortable to watch because this guy is reciting lines, like this guy is yelling lines or whatever to the audience and he's butt-ass naked. He's butt-ass naked in what looks to be blood and then you see his crotch area that looks bloodied as well. And I'm like, They must have put a prosthetic on him, right? Because there's, like, no way. There's no way. And I look, and I'm like, oh, shit. It's none other than Calvin from Greek. If you don't know what Greek is, Greek was a show on ABC Family. It came out in 2007. And it centered around Rusty Cartwright. And him navigating college. He was a freshman at the fictional school of Cypress Rose University. And his sister, Casey Cartwright, who was the vice president of one of the most popular sororities on campus. So you're seeing these two navigating college. And it was actually one of the first series that really centered on college kids. It wasn't a teen show that then sees them go into college still doing all the same teen shit, but they magically get the the marriage, the family, and the business and careers they want without us seeing them do them. If you're interested in watching Greek, I would definitely recommend it. It's a funny show, lighthearted show. They have all the episodes available on Hulu. So feel free to check that out. But it was nice to see him. Like, of course, the show wants to make sure they're casting the right people for the role. Um, I just think it's funny. Part of me thinks it's funny and strategic that they had Beck in here and Beck being followed at one point by one of the main characters because we, we know her from critically acclaimed you. And then I wonder if it was also a nod too Greek in a sense. Again, Greek was about college students navigating college. But at the same time, at that college, majority of the main characters came from wealthy backgrounds. Calvin, he came from a wealthy background and his father had been part of the biggest fraternity at Cypress Roads as he was. He had that legacy privilege as well. Casey and Rusty, they came from like middle class, upper middle class backgrounds, but it compare it, it, it did not compare to the level of privilege and wealth and influence that Calvin came from, you know, or even that Rebecca Logan, who's another character on this show, came from. And you saw that. So, yeah, I like that. I, like, I, part of me considered it like a nod to like privileged college kids, you know, the series that was about some privileged college kids. But here's some things that I look forward to. I look forward to the next episode. It seems like things unfolded in the most recent episode. I feel like th- the third episode has been the best episode so far. We have three more episodes until the mid-season finale. So let's see what happens. And tell me your thoughts. You know, there's been a lot of debate 
regarding whether this show is good or not. You know, there's people who think it shouldn't exist. There's people who think, you know, people shouldn't compare. But listen here. I can't help but compare. This, the only reason this show exists is because there was a show prior to that that existed and, and had massive success, cultural phenomenon, huge impact on pop culture, and has influenced the style of not one, but two generations, and is still being talked about to this day. That is why this show exists. Now, I understand there are much younger viewers who are actually teenagers now who haven't seen the original and probably won't because they don't feel it's necessary and are looking at it as their own. And I do notice that in interviews, the executive producers and creators are saying it's not a reboot, it's a continuation. And I see that. I see that, considering they use the same name. So me, being an OG fan... Of course I'm going to compare. Am I going to compare every little thing? No, I'm not comparing every little thing. Because again, there is a 14-year difference from this premiere and the OG premiere. But I am going to compare some things because the creators also stated that they wanted some of the OG fans to like it too. So I know that yes, this is for the generation of today, but that... Of course, they're going to have nods to the original because of Gen Z watching it later. And for the millennials who aren't too much older, but are still quote unquote young enough to possibly enjoy the continuation. And I respect that. I respect that. And I feel that that they did that too because they didn't want to feel as if they were completely isolating the fan base that helped make the original the way it was. Because if the original hadn't had its success, we wouldn't be watching this continuation today. So yeah, let me know your thoughts, what you think, what you like, what you don't like, what you think of the characters, um, what you expect for the rest of the season. And hit me up at Bell in Progress, B-E-L-L-E in Progress. And until then, I am going to see you next week.